Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. There's one part of the easiest name, image, likeness, cash grab that I hope the creators keep in mind. Chuck Oliver Show on a Friday. What a fun week it's been. Fun week to talk college football because, my gosh, there's just been bombshell headlines, this, that, and the third. Some sort of very notable real event, tangible, concrete stuff on, I don't know, what would that have been? February 19th, 20th? The first, second, and third. There's stuff going on, man. Including that I had seen originally, and I can't remember now. It might have been a month ago. I had read at some point. I remember I mentioned it on the air. I know it did. That EA Sports, when we got the word that, look, we got details. We got stuff to figure out. But understand, this is completely above board and transparent now. We don't have any murky area to... Uh, our game, uh, EA Sports, NCAA college football. There is no uh-oh factor to it anymore. Chuck, what was the uh-oh factor? The uh-oh factor was when you would play the game previously and the Florida Gators would have a left-handed quarterback wearing jersey number 15 who looked like a defensive end and it was not Tim Tebow was not Tim Tebow the magician the wizard doing things for the Texas A&M representation wearing number two that was not Johnny Manziel so why would Johnny Manziel have a claim to money it's not him what did Ed Gray was he the former UCLA or Ed O'Banion I'm saying Gray Ed O'Banion the former NCAA UCLA basketball player who was watching a friend of his that guy's son play NCAA basketball on his home console. And he's like, that's me. (laughs) That's me. That was the mustard seed from all this. He was visiting a friend. I think the story was Ed O'Banion was a car salesman, maybe, in Las Vegas. And he'd gone over to a buddy's his house, and he was going to pick him up or something. And so while he's waiting, he was like, hey. Hey, what's up, little man? And he, what are you doing? I'm playing college basketball. Oh, really? What are you playing? UCLA and Washington State? Really? Who's that? Oh, that's just number whatever. No, that's me. That's That was the mustard seed of all of this that then eventually later, we don't get NCAA football from EA Sports anymore. Well, now we do. And when I say the easiest name, image, likeness, cash grab that I I hope the creators keep in mind. I'm a grown man. The Apostle Paul in one of his letters to the Corinthians wrote, when I grew to be a man, I put away childish things. Folks, I play video games. 
I play computer games. I think I play computer games, actually. I'm going to play this video game. It's just fun. When I say the easiest name, image, likeness, cash grab, (laughs) this game, we love college football regardless. We pay extra at the bakery on Saturday morning so we can get two dozen cookies that have the A in the Alabama script. And we love not just an A and not just crimson and white. We want a sugar cookie with white frosting and then a crimson A that you take the time. And it's extra for those, but we'll pay extra until you, if you recall, Alabama stepped in and sued. That's how much we love college football. So we'll pay extra for cookies. Well, we're going to buy this game. Easiest name, image, likeness, cash grab. There's a pyramid of money on the floor right beside you at EA Sports. They finally figured out a way, and that was the big story. I think it was two days ago is actually was, okay, this is announced. I had heard back in the day that EA was working with a model where approximately they looked at the money they were going to make, and they looked at the number of kids that they assumed every kid would opt in. And they said, we have an idea of about $500 a kid. Everybody gets the same. Whether you're the left-handed number 15 quarterback at Florida or you're the third-team punter at Ball State, everybody gets the same. It's about $500, but we'll see. Well, they now have said it's $600 per player, and you get a copy of the game if you opt in. And if you opt in and take the 600 up front and the copy of the game, you also have the opportunity for Blue Sky. Like, for whatever reason, your individual character, player, you, there's a chance you get more money. And so, folks, we're going to buy it. The kids are going to say yes. (laughs) They want the game themselves, and they want to play themselves on, hey, look, it really is me. Other than Tim Tebow going, is that supposed to be me? So this is just a, a, a stack of $1,000 bills that EA Sports just had to reach down and scoop up. And so finally they got their metrics worked out, and it's like 600 and a copy of the game, and then we'll see about more depending on sales and XYZ. So we're all excited about this. But there is one part of this that I hope EA Sports does keep in mind. Games are supposed to be fun. Managing name, image, likeness is not fun. If we can go back in time, um, there was a game that EA Sports, because anytime you have a successful product in anything, you look for the offshoot. I mean, my gosh, Walking Dead, now we've got a spinoff. Now we've got a spinoff with the spinoff. So whatever we do that is successful, we want to milk that for everything possible. Well, EA Sports has been printing money on Madden going back 30-plus years, like 30-plus years, licensed to print hundreds. Every year, and there are legions and worldwide uh, rankings and and whatever else. So 30-plus years ago, they put out Madden, and then it became Madden 24 or Madden 17 or Madden 05, and it was just Madden. And everybody knew it's the pro football simulation. It's the one you want. Well, they do a great job of keeping that thing fun. And I hope that EA Sports in one particular way will be cognizant that 
games are supposed to be fun and that managing name image likeness isn't fun it's so not fun that real life coaches are leaving at least in part in part because of it the new ea sports college football game hopefully is aware of that and will have an offsetting for name image likeness that would be my request can turn it off if it hasn't occurred so blatantly to ea sports how it has to me that that will make the game instantly a lot a lot of not fun Perhaps EA Sports itself can recall its own history in this kind of sort of same thing. If we go back about 15 years, again, Madden, it's been a steamroller. Money, money, money. What do you do? Well, you try to get more money from it. And Well, we're already issuing Madden. What else can we do? In 2008, EA Sports announced brand new game. If you love Madden, boy, this is a new adventure for you. EA Sports, NFL head coach. I got it. Had Bill Cower on the front. 2008, it debuted. It was available, same as every other game from EA Sports, a standalone purchase for 49 or 59 or whatever it was. 2009, if you bought Madden, the game that everybody wanted and bought, you got NFL head coach like shrink wrap plastic bundled with it. For the 2010 edition, there was no 2010 edition because that game was like taking on a second and third job that you didn't really fully understand. And that's not fun. Name image likeness, not fun. I got the Bill Cower NFL head coach game from EA Sports. Heath, do you even remember that game? I do, and the reason I remember it oh is because... A friend of mine who worked with me at the time in the 107.5 The Game building had gotten his big break as a voice guy by being the voice of that game. That was supposed to be like the thing. No, no, no. This was another guy named Will King. It was a great accomplishment for Will to get on a video game like that. And and then it, it turns out, you know, hey, guess what? The good news is you got on a sitcom the bad news is the sitcom turns out to have been Joey, not Friends. Okay, did, so you are familiar with this game and the fact that it never, ever caught on. I bought it. I couldn't because this is what we do, especially as men. We think we could all do this. I couldn't throw the ball. I couldn't catch the pass. I and mean, that's a physical thing. But I understand football. And you should blitz more or you should throw more screen passes. Um, like that's honestly, I've always said this. And my hand is raised. Okay. My hand is raised. Um I've talked about coaches in closed practices and whatever, and I was like, all right, for injuries, that's real. That's their business. That's not our business. Injuries is their thing. As far as actually watching the practice and all that, I was like, most of us would not understand what we were watching. We would know that, they, man, they threw some deep passes. And I'm not being belittling anyone. I'm saying me too. We would recognize some things, and and maybe depending on if you played – um, you would recognize more. I did not. If you played, you would rec- like. I worked down the hall from two guys, three guys that started at quarterback in college football, uh, like major programs. Um, they see things more than I do. So some people do, but for most of us, Gen Pop, the big giant, ninety-two percent in the middle, we wouldn't understand most of what we saw. You were required to understand what you saw in NFL head coach. Um, 
And when I say it was like taking on a second and third job, but one that you didn't really understand what you were doing, um, you could have the computer assistant kick in and, and, but then it wind up just, it was Madden where you just called plays that, that literally the, the setting that you eventually backed out into. All right. Now I'm comfortable is where digital Bill Cower did it all. Digital Ozzie Newsom, the GM in the front, he did it all. And now on game day, I want to coach because you know what I want to do? I want to blitz more and I want to throw more screens. Like literally, I it took me about four weeks into the season until I kept turning stuff off. Heath, I don't know if you ever played it. I didn't. Oh, oh my God. Um, and I remember thinking, this is a, this is a game. Games are supposed to be fun. Well, managing name image likeness is not. Um, EA Sports, please don't make this game unfun. Uh, that. That is my request. Uh, we also have some, I don't know what this is, Lion King, food chain, whatever it is. Uh, if you have not seen the news, um, Eli Gold is employed. And we had seen yesterday, and I talked to Heath after this show, I believe, uh, talked to Heath. And Eli had put out that I have a new gig uh, with a professional football organization, and I will get back to you with the details. So this was sometime yesterday. Heath brought it to my attention. I was like, oh, okay, professional. Hmm. I wonder if it's the Birmingham Steel Dogs. Uh, or, and I said, or whoever the indoor team is in Birmingham. Um, turns out, Eli, and, that, and I was not being condescending. I was saying, if it was with an NFL team, I'll even take it one step above that. When you talk about pro football in the United States, you're either talking about the NFL or not NFL. He clearly was talking about not NFL because if it was the Falcons or Bucks or Dolphins or who he, he would have said that. Uh, it's the Nashville Cats, and they are in the Arena League. And Heath, I'm right, correct? The Nashville Cats, the Arena League of all the iterations we have right now, pro football. That is the case. Yes. Okay. So the Nashville Cats with a K. Uh, they're in the Arena League, and that is actually a rebirthed franchise from about 15 years ago. Tim McGraw owned them. And if if you remember the series, Welcome Back, Cotter, made a star out of John Travolta. Theme song went to number one by a guy named John Sebastian. He had been lead singer of the Love and Spoonful in the 60s, and they had a hit called Nashville Cats. Well, Tim McGraw started an Arena League team, Nashville Cats. And so there's some history there. And now Eli Gold has announced that he will be the play-by-play announcer for the Nashville Cats. Great get for the Nashville Cats. This is not any sort of criticism. This is me saying what a balanced world we live in. Um, According to Eli, he was told, no, there is no more. You can do a day if you want, but you can't even know not one more season, not one more anything it's over and he offered a couple of alternatives and then he even had to have them revise the press release because they were this was a mutual or he's stepping away he was like none of that's true so he gave his his side of it um he is now landed and he has his job the next day and he got replaced by what alabama thought was younger and more able um someone was going i don't know who it was and this is not an eli criticism this is just reality eli is a giant get for the nashville cats 
he replaced someone who that would have been the biggest job maybe that person had ever done uh, that person had ever done so it kind of comes and goes just in different situations so that's what we got all right we're gonna take a break come back and jump into it on this friday next The king of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Headline. Players can start opting into EA Sports College Football 25. Chuck Oliver Show on this Friday. And that is the headline. And there is one part I would like to add that I did not see in part of this. You can see this a thousand places anywhere with sports or college football or commerce or anything. Gaming. Big headline. Uh, Yesterday, early yesterday morning. Uh, that players can start start there's now the mechanism is set up players can start opting into the college football game that ea sports will issue later this summer they said in may all the details are coming and then it'll be a june july sort of thing so the headline says players can start opting in to ea sports college football 25 what i would add as a sub headline is except at three schools Army, Navy, Air Force are different in so many ways. Every kid at the school is on full scholarship. They have unlimited scholarships. They're not bound by the 85. Um, Academic suspension, like the way we think of it, you're failing your classes, so you're going to sit for a game. That's not really how. It's more like academic dismissal. So they're different in a lot, a lot of ways at those three places, and they also can't take any name, image, likeness for anything. So... EA has said we are working on a way for them to be uh, said they will be included. Said that's gonna that's that's gonna happen. Uh, we're working on a way for them to benefit in a. They didn't say by NCAA rules. They said in a legally compliant way. This is the federal government. This is the U.S. of A. So that's what they have to work through. And EA Sports has said everybody can opt in except you three. Your code doesn't work yet. So you have to wait until tomorrow to get your Taylor Swift tickets. Hey, how's it Friday? So there's a story that I want to touch on, Chuck. I didn't know if we were going to have time for it today or yesterday or when, but it's a fascinating story. Have you heard about a young man named Gus Cordova? Do tell. Gus Cordova is a four-star defensive lineman and apparently fairly coveted player. As recently as the 18th of this month, the following recruiting visits were set up for him, according to uh, On Three Sports. He's going to go to Bama, LSU, Ohio State, Southern Cal, A&M, and Texas. He's got all the options you want. Yeah. Played at Lake Travis High, pretty high profile. Oh, snap. Yeah, pretty high profile high school. Well, now it's been reported that uh, Texas does not want anything to do with him, and apparently neither does A&M. We don't know about everybody, but the reason this is happening is because of a peanut allergy. It's not his peanut allergy. The reports indicate that Gus Cordova was one of two players on the football team who put peanuts intentionally in the locker of a kid with a peanut allergy, put them inside his jersey, did a bunch of stuff to 
expose him to peanuts, uh, did it two days after the kid had apparently been asked, if you were exposed to peanuts, could you die? He said, well, yeah. And apparently they decided to do a science test here and see whether or not that was the case and rub peanuts all up in his stuff. Kid got hives, but fortunately realized, you know, saw the peanuts and realized we have a problem here. He pulled through. And so Gus Cordova now is considered to be persona non grata at these Texas schools. Yeah, he's on the pay no mind list. Yeah, for bullying. Uh, It's a fascinating story, Chuck, because I'm sure we're going to have some people who say, yeah, you know, it's kids being kids. Kids are morons. They do stupid things. Yeah, he should be punished, but he shouldn't lose his whole future over, over being skeptical or a dope or whatever about peanut allergies. The school board, this is the part I found fascinating, the reason this came to light, Chuck, is because this was not considered bullying. Uh, the reason it wasn't considered bullying was because they didn't do it over and over again. Apparently, to bully a kid, at least as defined by the school board, you needed to be doing it over and over and over as opposed to just once. But once was plenty for the kid's parent, and so she took it to the media, and, and here we are. Uh, you know as well as I do, Chuck, there's some people like, oh, come on, peanut allergies, toughen up, buttercup, you know, that kind of mm. crap. Um, I'm really fascinated to see what happens here with this kid because he's obviously got talent and you know, as well as I do, people have dug into the dumpster for a whole lot worse than this kids that have murder raps, sexual assault raps, but I'm real interested to see what people make of this particular unique situation. I'll give you every disclaimer possible about when I was 17 and what I did. Um, I've told you I had a mullet and an IROC and I was 21 when I did that, um, just you know kids do dumb things this goes beyond that this isn't included in that category this is included in the fact that your brain isn't fully developed in consequences and reality and everything else you don't live in the adult world yet you're not an adult um and so i i, I mean i'll describe all of that i don't want him around right now i mean maybe later on in life it'll be a different sort of situation but i have to recruit him as an 18 to 22 year old and he's not somebody i want around my program i'm not saying he can't play college football i'm saying I'm going to use my scholarship somewhere else. And so uh, for programs at the top, they have all kinds of options. For programs a little further down, somebody will take him. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck. This morning in the Atlanta airport, No one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Football, we do it year round, two hours a day. Been doing it for 10 years. Yay, us, nine states and 60 sticks. What a blessing. Thank y'all. Mac Brown, 
I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mac Brown. We realize the number's down to three. I think it's three. Three active head coaches with an Addy. Are you insane? How can that be possible? It's possible. He's one of them. And he's only back in the game. Like, he was out too. But he's been in North Carolina in his second go-round for five seasons. He's had an NFL quarterback every one of those seasons. 38 and 27. That's the dubs and the L's. So you've cracked the code on the hard part. And over and it's been fun. A lot of yards and a lot of points. Um, and it's been fun. It's not been that fun. Uh, so we're going to start there. A lot of interesting stories beyond just Florida State and the ACC arguing in the front yard. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. want to welcome on right now from the Ovius and Gilio podcast. Folks, great place to go for commentary on sports in the state of North Carolina or all through the ACC. want to welcome on Joe Gilio. How you doing, man? Great, Chuck. I hope you are. Oh, yeah, nothing but good. Uh, let's talk Mac Brown because it has been fun, and there's been yards and points most of the time, um, 38 and 27. If you have an NFL quarterback, especially a guy who may be second overall pick for all five of those seasons, I think it's supposed to be more than that. Tell me your – give me your flyover the last five years. What kind of job ultimately has he done, and what's next? Yeah, I think in fairness to Mac, as he likes to point out, you know, the last two years of Larry Fedora, uh, North Carolina was at the bottom of the ACC. You know, he he comes in there and he gets them out of the bottom of the ACC. Well, you might say that's a really low bar to clear. Well, I would I would agree with you, uh, but it is difficult in Chapel Hill when you're fighting against their basketball basketball success and their basketball interest and ultimately they are a basketball school it can be difficult to get the attention on them and i will say in these five years mac has done a good job of getting football on the radar here Uh, and again you might say that's a low bar and (laughs) there are times where i would agree with you uh but i think ultimately you know, the, the third year with Howell and the second year with Drake May are, are nothing short of disappointments. And, you know, quite frankly, this year was a disaster at the end of the year. Um, so, you, you know, you can't really skate around that. And I think in a different situation where Mac doesn't have as much pull with the boosters and the money men the way that he does, he's probably fired after the performance this year, because it's not just this year, it's the way that they've collapsed at the end of each season, pretty much every year since he's returned. And that included a loss to NC state and then Dave Doran, you know, saying what he said and how that unfolded over the next few months, Mac will not let it go. Um, and it's his program and he can defend him as much as he wants. Uh, tell me about on field. I have this idea and there's always a lag, uh, this perception that if Dave Doran's your coach, you're going to be big and burly and salty on both lines of scrimmage. Then run the ball the past couple of years. Um, can they get better? Because will the perception get back to being reality before most of us notice? Yeah, I think you're usually right. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about state and, and Dave and what their identity is as a, as a program and what their culture is, you know, last few years, the offensive line, even though they put guys in the NFL from the offensive line, hasn't been great. And, 
it was a true patchwork situation last year that kind of uh, spilled over with that Louisville game where they just couldn't get anything done. And I think, you know, they made an adjustment after the Duke game this year, put some guys in the lineup, took some guys out. They have a kid from last year who, uh, Chuck, was a transfer from Oregon who they went into the portal and paid for, and he was never healthy. And so uh, Dawson Jamarillo is a guy who this year they're excited to have back as a, one of those 60-year guys. And uh, they went into the portal. They got a center from Notre Dame. I don't know how you can go wrong with a center from Notre Dame. So I, I do think they're, if those guys can be healthy, I think their offensive line will be dramatically improved from last year. And I think that identity of being salty up front and handling your business in the run game really starts with a, with a strong offensive line, which I think has been the weak link for this group the last two or three years. Nothing but respect for Dave Clawson. I mean, mad props to that man. Uh, punches up and has done it for a long time. Okay, to me, it sounds like Dave Clawson's. He's tired of having to punch up. Um, he, he's tired of now. Like even when we get a guy, we don't get to keep him. Um, give me your take, because he sounds like very openly, transparently frustrated. Yeah, I, I think Dave's ultimate frustration was he didn't really want to wade into the NIL game uh, and thought maybe there was a way around it. And, you know, obviously last year you lose Sam Hartman in the way that they did, and it becomes abundantly clear to you, no, this this is something that you're going to have to do, and it's a new reality. And believe it or not, even though Wake is the smallest school in the Power Five uh, enrollment-wise, they still have doctors and lawyers, and they still have doctors and lawyers who are motivated uh, to give them money. And believe it or not, they have money. Uh, And and I think, really, they were kind of clinging. Dave was kind of clinging to this old way up until last year. It became crystallized to him that, no, that's not going to work anymore. And there has to be a way, if you're Wake Forest, to to marry both, right, where you're still developing players, um, because that's really the only way they've ever been able to compete yep. is by having an older team. And I still think they can do some of that, but obviously in the new equation, it becomes harder and harder to do that. I think before, Dave had an unwillingness to do that, whereas now at least he's saying, okay, these are the new rules, and I I have to adjust. I have to change the way that I think this is supposed to work and, and see if I can do it this way. And I, I do think he can. Uh, but, you know, you have to you have to hit on the right players like they have always been able to do, save for last year. Yeah, Grobe, freshman quarterback and a bunch of old men. Hey, we're ACC champs. I mean, it's, I, yep. I saw it happen, so I, I, could, I, I, I know it can happen because I saw it. Uh, wrapping up. Joe Giglio, that's uh, Ovius and Giglio. Great place to go, folks. ACC, North Carolina, whatever you're at. State of North Carolina, uh, whatever you're after. Great podcast. Uh, All right, Duke, here's an interesting case for me because if you talk about Manny when he was a defensive coordinator, it was, well, they'll get a bunch of sacks. I don't know how good the defense will be, but they'll be aggressive. Um, It's changed. Like, he looks a lot more responsible as a D.C., and now that he's a head coach again, like, there's a chance in my mind Duke's got the better head coach than Miami. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Chuck. I, I didn't love this hire uh, by Nina King. And, and, you know, she hired Mike Elko, which was an absolute home run. And it, Duke is another one of those schools that has money 
And I think this is more of that shift of, okay, NIL is a reality, and if you want to be relevant, then you have to be part of that. And I think that was a big reason why they brought Manny in. You know, Manny, uh, one of his mentors was Chuck Amato, who was here in Raleigh forever and ever and was a little bit of a car, used car salesman in a good way. He had some of those good qualities. And I think Manny is on that type of track. I think he probably has some of those good used carsmen, used car salesman qualities. I, I don't think he's a great football coach, though. Now, if you get the right people around you, you can make that combination work. Uh, I believe Dabo Sweeney actually did sell used cars at one point, or insurance at least. <laughs> and you've you've seen what he's been able to do. And, at and strip strip plaza, uh, uh, little uh, office buildings and things. You're right. Yeah, just just yeah. being able to trust the coaches around you. Yeah. I, I think Duke's premise here is that Manny can help them in the NIL space. Uh, as an X and O football coach, I, I think he struggles. But we'll see. You know, we, we all get second chances in life, Chuck. So we'll see what he does with his second chance. But I, I did not love uh, – I didn't love the move by Duke, to be perfectly honest with you. Is Florida State getting its way in a very, like, water-on-a-stone sort of way? Like, eventually they're going to wind up getting out a little early and for a little less money? Yeah, I think it'll be a lot less money. Um, the question is, does the Big Ten want Florida State? I think ultimately there's really only two things in college football, the big 10, which is Fox and the sec, which is ESPN. What, what kind of muddles the equation there is that ESPN owns the ACC. They own the big 12. Uh, I could see some sort of compromise being basically dissolving the ACC and the big 12 becoming the third um, major pet player as like a 24 team monstrosity that includes Florida State, NC State, Virginia Tech, um, Clemson, you know, and then I could see some of those academic types, Carolina, Virginia, Duke, ending up in the Big Ten where they pretend to care about such things when really they're just going to be looking for teams that their football teams can hammer. Um, so, uh, I, I could see it working out in, in, in that some type of way there. But, yes, I think by suing the ACC and getting it even to this point, Florida State has already won. Um, it's just a matter of how much do they, do they lessen their financial pain by and how long does the ACC want to drag this out. Dave, can you imagine the off-the-top rope with the folding chair, like right across the top of SMU? They take no money for nine years, and then there's no ACC <laughs> worth being in. Yeah, um, I can see that happening, yes. My gosh. My gosh, Joe. I appreciate the insight, friend. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Chuck. Anytime. Ovius and Gilio. Folks, it's a real thing. They said seven years thinking – that phrase, we're going to money with them. That was Tom Tom Hicks, the Texas Rangers owner. He's like, you got to throw so much money, like give guy whiplash. It's like, what, huh, what, huh? How much money? We won't take any money. Like, they started with Michael Corleone's counter. Nothing. And the ACC said, uh, what, huh, the details? We offer you... Nothing. We'll take nothing for seven years. And the ACC was like, if they're that desperate to make that kind of offer as a lead, how about nine? And SMU said yes. 
I have already, I don't know, and this is not my insight. I haven't worked I'm ear to the ground. Um, just through general either conversation, text message, I don't know, watching ESPN. 31, 32. That's when, that's when the new new starts. Even like if they go to 14 in two years, nah, the new new starts in like 32. SMU's not getting paid by then. So it just, that is going to be a tough, tough reality. If you, you take your years on the back end of the contract and there's no one there to pay you anymore because the ACC doesn't exist. Oh, that'll never happen. Southwest Conference has been in for like 80 years. Southwest Conference, whew, like mist in the wind. It happens all the time. So it's just we'll be labeling and, and it will unfold before our eyes. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will continue on this Friday next. To Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. We made some coordinator changes, uh, some staff changes. I really think that's going to help us. Um, you know, we brought in some defensive playmakers, uh, you know, from the portal that I think can help with our young guys that we got coming up. So you know, I like where we're at, but, uh, you know, we're going to roll our sleeves up and go to work. That smells on. Big fan of his. I wish he would have not gotten away from his pace and oh, everybody's going fast. I was like, no, no, that's not really real. You just got away from it because you stopped getting the correct quarterback in. So, and he was all about the transfers as well. You go look at uh, Gus's record. That was a very uh, uh, often played out story. The success he would have with someone else's quarterback who had developed a little bit and then he would become Cam or Nick Marshall or whomever with Gus and it just never happened with a guy, like never happened with a guy he brought in from high school. So he says, I like where we're at. We just got to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Well, yeah, part of it is them too. And he's been candid about that. Got to do a better job coaching. Everybody says that. But uh, when you look at, for instance, they had a home game versus Baylor. They lose 36-35. That's like there's no way you lose by one point to a bad team at home, and part of that it's not coaching. It is. They were at Oklahoma and had a chance to get like a big-time moment at Oklahoma. They lost 31-29. That has to be in some way that's coaching. Texas Tech, not a super great opponent. They lose 24-23. So, again, that has to be in some way connected to coaching so they've got to do their part as well like i said he has he has gotten his hand up said yep got to do better on sidelines as well but um as far as the go to work part you know that's the big 12 in general i think and it boy did it just shift because you oklahoma because who left we all know who left but it's also changing because of who's coming in and now ucf is actually going to be behind even more quote old schedules when i say old schedules i mean uh schedules rosters uh an old roster is a roster that was put together pre ucf coming into power five like 
Colorado, what was your roster pre-UCF? Well, we were Power 5. What was UCF? Oh, they were G5. You look at even like Kansas. Kansas, what was your roster pre-UCF joining your conference? Our roster? Well, it's Power 5. Oh, UCF is G5. West Virginia, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas State. You look up and down that league. Old roster, old roster, a power five roster versus UCF and even at the top end of that, even Cincinnati. Even with so much crossover and dipping in and over-recruiting and punching up and everything else, you're you're now a young roster. And you have to grow from G5 to power five like class after class after class. There were less expectations, and it is a rare thing that a G5 program would be recruiting at a power five level. Cincinnati had a couple of classes that got in the 40s. That was unusual. So they have to grow into being, because it's just like anything else. When a coach, no matter what he really wants to do, any OC, and I swear this is true, any OC, any play caller worked his salt. If you can run the ball, you wind up running the ball a lot. And so it's a still can be a line of scrimmage league, especially if kind of early in the game, by halftime, you realize, wait a minute, we're wearing these guys down. And so I think that was part of it with UCF that uh, lost leads, late lost leads, and the fact that on the line of scrimmage, there's just no, and he said, we got to roll up our sleeves, go to work. There's nowhere to hide. And the Big 12 is just like anywhere else, despite what the perception is, that it's just a drop back. It's outdoor arena league. Um, that's not really the truth. And UCF, it was a physical season for them last year, I can promise you. Uh, hey, Tasha Friday, man. So, Chuck, we've talked about this before. The month of December for college football is messed up right now. It's Calendar's weird. There's too much going on. However, I, I think that the people trying to solve this problem have come up with a solution that is not a particularly good one. The folks who run the National Letter of Intent apparently are looking to move the signing day up. Right now, it's just a few days before Christmas. It's after the transfer portal opens up. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on. And so the idea is, well, we're going to get ahead of the transfer portal. Chuck, they want to do it on December 4th. That is the Wednesday of championship game week in college football. And that's where they want to have signing day. If anything, all this is going to do is make it even worse i i I don't understand this thought process that we have to have an early signing period but the early signing period needs to be after the season if you want to give high school kids an early signing period then it needs to be before their season it needs to be august september it needs to allow them to say i'm locked in for my senior year I don't have to spend any time thinking about recruiting visits during my senior year. I don't have to spend any time worrying about, is there a spot for me? Am I gonna have, idea. If I have a so-so year, are they going to pull my scholarship on me in mid-November suddenly? I don't have to worry about any of that. I'm signed up. I'm in. And if you're a kid that knows, hey, I've always wanted to go to Ohio State or Georgia or whatever, it's my dream school, they offered me, I don't need to talk to another coach ever again, then let them sign. Or otherwise... Just let them sign in February like they already did. And in February, they'll know what coaches moved, what coaches didn't, who found guys in the transfer portal that make it where I don't want to go to that depth chart anymore. That's a fairer answer for the kids anyway. But but this isn't anything. Early December is not early. It's just not February. And we've seen that all early is is just the signing period. It's the new signing period. And a few stragglers sign in February. 
So if you're going to have one, make it a real early signing period or get rid of it altogether. Putting it the Wednesday of championship week? So you're telling me Kirby Smart is going to have to on Wednesday be be doing signing day stuff? How does that make any sense for anybody? Well, plus it is, I guess, you look at the calendar, the way it unfolds, you would be locking kids into their program. I signed, and then, well, when does the guy get fired? Like, it was a slew of guys after that. All you would be doing is opening up a new 30-day window for so many of these kids who, by like the 18th, may have not signed there anyway. So uh, it really is really odd timing. And it was Dabo, I believe, the first one I saw. Now, Dabo's got a lot of ideas. I think he wants to play a preseason game, too, but against a live opponent. But um, Dabo was talking, yeah, early signing day. How about August? And that, I don't believe, ever got a lot of traction. But the calendar right now, it makes for a really difficult, like, narrow uh, lane for a kid to get good information and then make an informed choice. Yeah, Bo Pelini argued that they should be able to sign whenever they want. And if you did that, then that would be fascinating too. It would get rid of quote-unquote signing day, but it would open the door for kids to lock in a commitment when they're really serious. So maybe that's the way to go, but this is not. And every offer would have to be a committable offer, which uh, there's a distinction in the recruiting world on that as well. So we break, we continue. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. 